So welcome back to uh, another uh, Political OD podcast. We've been looking in the background at, at the southern elections, which seem to be a bit of everybody won and nobody won. Uh, we'll, wait to, we'll wait to see how the coalitions fall out, maybe to, to try and read that, because it's almost impossible at the moment to read the runes in terms of how a government is formed out of nobody being in a lot of control. It's a, it's a very tangled, difficult situation, and there's going to be some difficult negotiations ahead, and, and maybe... We can come back and and analyze that, or try to analyze it um, once things become a little clearer. Yeah, my sense is that at the end of the day, uh, the, the the only majority might be just simply in in having the the older parties take charge. And for all that said, it it might actually be the most stable option in the end that allows uh, a five year window of of reasonably stable government. Uh, and a lot changes in five years. Being able to hold mm. on to that uh, momentum of radicalism that Sinn Féin seems to want to project in the South. That's, we saw Corbyn you know, between 27 and 2019 unable to maintain that sense of radical newness. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out and what the options are taken up in the South. Well, that's right, because either... Sinn Féin and the numbers don't seem to add up for some kind of left-wing no. coalition but if they were to end up in a, in a government with Fianna Foyle they would find themselves compromised by that and they would find themselves attached, uh, associated to, to policies that they didn't really well, feel that they could stand over. I think so the policies are almost incompatible there. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not like the North where they have to be part of government. This is real politics in the South. Nobody owes Sinn Féin mm. anything. So, Even though they think... Well, they, they, might, they may well think they're absolutely entitled to be the government of Ireland, but uh, I think that's a wee bit in their heads. <laughs> uh, so we, we might want to leave that one for another day. Uh, and and uh, let, let's, let's talk about Julian Smith. You know, he was he was largely eulogised as perhaps one of our greatest Secretary of States ever, almost uh, in terms of how the social media certainly and some of the uh, comments uh, on his departure and basically his sacking by Boris. Uh, I'm not absolutely so clear that he was such a great Secretary of State. It was a, a sort of an extraordinary amount of gushing praise and I suppose it shows the way that social media amplifies an opinion that um, a sort of received opinion so that it becomes almost a, a kind of a, a dogma. From the unionist perspective certainly there were very severe reservations about Julian Smith whether it was because he basically demolished the three-stranded approach and I mean yeah. it was hanging on by a thread anyway. Um, and allowed the, the Republic of Ireland government to interfere in Northern Ireland's internal affairs during the drafting of the new deal. Whether it's the fact that he tried to pin the blame specifically on unionists after three yeah, years yeah. Of, of Sinn Féin's misbehaviour and, and their refusal to, to share power, or whether it's even because he encouraged a nationalist campaign to attack British citizenship law in in Northern Ireland and you know, actually his, his successor, Brandon Lewis, put together a really good statement actually you know, punting that far down the field and saying it yeah. wasn't going to happen. But Julian Smith sat in a committee and, and gave every impression that um, citizenship law could be changed here. So there were enormous problems with the, the way that he went about his work. 
the document that was uh, on which everybody, I'm not sure they signed up to it, but they certainly used it to bounce themselves back into the executive. We thought they'd signed up to it, but now they're kind of claiming that they didn't. No. And they're, they're saying it was structured in such a way that they didn't have to sign up to it. So, you know. Well, I think it, was, it, it seemed to be more aspirational than it was uh, real, uh, not least in the fact that it didn't have... Uh, any uh, finance attached to it mm. uh, and it's not currently clear whether that was deliberate or an omission or simply as you say it doesn't matter because it was only a document uh, that gave them the excuse which I think is increasingly looking like. The lauding of Julian Smith seems to be around that moment that Stormont came back. The, the moment is fine uh, but I think we also then have to look at is it is it stable? You know, what what you know, it, it's fine to say I got Stormont back up and running, and that I have left a stable, secure administration in Northern Ireland. But that doesn't look even remotely like it's the case. No, it it doesn't look like it, it's going to be stable or effective. And we know from past administrations, as long as ministers in Stormont can be seen to be giving out giving giving out sweeties in the shape of various spending commitments then all is well but when they start having to make some difficult decisions then things become more tricky. That's the first pointer towards uh, future instability which, which is the money. Leaving aside that they didn't get the money they thought they had they seem to be particularly Sinn Féin and, and uh, perhaps this is because there's an election in the South so they're making a bigger pitch on it but you know the agreement to uh, maintain the welfare mitigation, which, if I recall, uh, was uh, additional money under Fresh Start, which was mm. time limited. They, they make a big thing about having got nurses' pay resolved, but that's only a two-year deal. Uh, of course, Caseman Park, Sinn Féin have been uh, saying we're going to get this up, but there's an additional forty million being spent there. Uh, well, according to them, hasn't been agreed. I don't think, and no one actually knows how this forty is going to be magicked out of the Sinn Féin tree. All of these promises seem to be around money being spent. And the issue, perhaps, that jumps out at you is under that document, which admittedly no one is saying is that important, um, a programme for government is meant to be put in place by the end of April. Let's say yeah. the, end of, the end of April. And that fits into the need for a budget because, of course, uh, in 2017, Sinn Féin collapsed Stormont but the, Depart the Minister of Finance, who was a Sinn Féin minister, did not leave a budget. That was one of the big issues in terms of the civil service. So the first priority is a budget that has to be put against a programme of government. And there was a lot made after everybody came back and hugged each other that this was going to be a three-year integrative budget. This is how we're going to be looking at things for three years to make sure it's stable. But if we look at that, if there's no extra money for welfare mitigation, then all that money for welfare mitigation has to somehow be found from the block grant. Yeah, and, if, and that was in the, the previous, I think the, the four years up to 2020, that was somewhere in the region of uh, half a billion pounds. Yeah, so yeah. we're not talking about, You're not talking about trivial no. sums of money. That's that bit. And you also then have that... It's only two years they've got funding for the nurses. So in the third year, that's going to have to be found out of the regular health budget. So if you're looking at a three-year projection, you've got already in the third year, you'll have 
700 million being spent for which there is no obvious source of funding. Well, um, so this is going to be an interesting time. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, there is special dispensation for some of these uh, monies at the moment. There are not, not so much, actually, uh, the welfare mitigation, because that will immediately start, at, yeah. start having to come out of the, the block grant, as I understand it. But certainly funding for, for nurses may be found elsewhere. But it will at some point. Uh, you have to start balancing up the spreadsheet. And at the moment, we've only seen one side of this balance sheet if you will so where is the money going to come from are they going to tell us are they going to try and disguise that are they are they even going to be able to make those decisions in the longer term we we don't they haven't in the past so you know there's there's no record of difficult decisions have been made by Stormont before uh the 2014 one on nurses pay has been made that's not come back to bite them so that sort of difficult Mm. decision has obviously got consequences are they up to that task? Well, my instinct is that it will probably be pushed uh, further and further down the line until we have another set of, uh, of, of hothouse talks and it's all thrashed out in, in that way or not, as the case may be. But I think but, one, of, one of the things about Boris's extra spending, of course, is a lot of that extra spending is on capital projects, mm. not on revenue projects. Indeed. You know, so that's going to be quite difficult in Barnet terms to justify. Yes, the, the, other, the other aspect uh, that Julian Smith, uh, and this has probably got uh, greater national consequences, is the, um, is the issue around legacy, where he seems to have really left a problem. You've already mentioned the, the citizenship, which would have caused problems in the Home Office, um, but on the uh, investigative side, into um, security forces mm. that's left a real problem for the MOD and John Russia and an enormous number of of uh, backbench MPs who have been quite clear they don't want to see vexatious pursuit I don't really think it's prosecution I think it's pers- vexatious pursuit um, of security forces maybe not just relating to Northern Ireland but certainly as a principle they want to see that ended in some way? Well, just as there seemed to be a bit of a pushback against the government's legacy proposals, he decided that he was going to fast-track the whole business and actually short-circuit the um, the consultation process, which wasn't over and the, and the responses still haven't been published, to the best of my knowledge. So he's given the government an enormous headache in that respect and particularly Boris Johnson and, and Johnny Mercer who, who are uh, going to be carrying the can for this so that's something that's going to have to be unravelled in the months to come and that will be a legacy of Julian Smith we haven't really heard enough about that on this side of the Irish Sea because when it comes to vexatious pursuit I mean the HIU is almost established for that purpose uh, mm. In that, you know, one of the things it introduces is the idea of historic police misconduct, which is a, almost a, a non-crime that has been created under these proposals uh, to enable accusations without appeal uh, in relation to the conduct of retired, possibly dead, RUC and, and other security forces. So, you know, even if, if they're not going to be brought to court, there's this process whereby men their reputations and their and their lives can be turned 
uh, and upended. Many of these policemen were in the front line in, in horrific period. Um, you know, Le Mans, bloody fright, picking up pieces, literally, of people. Uh, and you're going to be bringing these men back to a period that they'd probably rather put to their back of their minds. Yeah, um, so so the, the consequences where there will be no evidence of actual misconduct, that's going to be an enormously difficult. If that cannot be described as a process that tends to vexatious harassment, of, of security forces. I don't know what, what else could be uh, described as. Well, the circumstances in which um, a lot of these police officers and soldiers worked were absolutely horrendous. As, but but, as but the, difficulty, the difficulty with the HIU process uh, is that context has been eliminated. So the whole process, that you're not allowed under, the, under the, the proposals at the moment to look at the context of actions. Mm. You can only look at actions themselves. And actually that threads itself through right to the very end of what is considered to be, or what will be considered to be the end of the HIU process, which means that the academics, whoever they'll be, uh, that will be appointed to provide a concluding report will only be able to comment on the findings in relation to conduct. They won't be able to look at the context of that context. It is, a, it is an appalling process by any measure. It, it's, it's absolutely perverse. And, um, you know, you can predict almost uh, with 100% certainty at this point that it will be a report that doesn't give a full picture of what, what happened in, in the Troubles. And part of that context is that these people were preventing a civil war, uh, a full-scale civil war from breaking out in Northern Ireland. They were doing so in horrendous circumstances. They were having to make moral and practical judgments on a day-to-day -day basis that were fraught with uncertainties and difficulties. And that's going to be stripped away in the pursuit of pointing the finger at the state because this is what that, that's what this is about and it's yeah. been it's been designed uh, by, by, by academics and and by legal professionals who have that goal there uh, at the, the back of their proposals and the government the political parties here the DUP yeah. in in particular have fallen for it hook line and sinker I, I just think it's a process that simply picks at the scab of, of conflict and and uh, the likelihood of any of this being a healing or a process of truth is so remote. Uh, and if, if this is Julian Smith's legacy, it, it's a pretty poor one. Because this is the Sinn Féin big ask, this is, you know, they want this. Uh, I think that, that's hardly surprising uh, because it's going to help them skew the, the whole s story of the conflict towards the state. Well, an, an important point um, on on that, uh, David, is that it was a Sinn Féin ask, and it also it appears to have been negotiated as a side deal with Sinn Féin um, that unionists were not privy to. Indeed, uh, no other parties only, were privy only, to. Only privy to the extent that apparently Julian Smith lent a, a cross uh, an Austrian Unionist representative and spoke directly to. Yeah, so he wasn't even Cal bothering to, 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 to Sinn Fein uh, representative, saying uh, we'll deal with legacy in a meeting later. Kind mm -hmm. of discussion. So you know, it really, really is poor. Just if you like coming to the end where we started, I don't think Julian Smith 
can take a lot of credit for his time as Secretary of State. And I think you know, he's left something that's inherently unstable uh, at every level, both at yeah. the at budget level and in legacy level. At the end of the day, it's not much to crow about. No, and he, he came in at a very um, opportune moment to get Stormont back up and running because the DUP and Sinn Féin, had, well, he didn't come in, he, he brokered this deal at, at a very opportune moment because the DUP and, and Sinn Féin had both had fairly underwhelming general election results. They didn't want a Stormont election. They were looking towards this uh, kind of deadline of, of April 2020 when welfare mitigation was going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. There was a whole assortment uh, of reasons that this was a good time for a deal to happen. So the fact that he um, negotiated this wonky deal that will probably come crashing down at uh, some time very, very soon wasn't the greatest political achievement or wasn't the greatest act of diplomacy uh, that's ever been brokered as, it, as it's been depicted by too many commentators. Yeah, well, to say the least. Uh, let's leave it there. And uh, next time, perhaps we'll look uh, a little bit further south. Uh, because there might be some idea of whether or not they've got a government, uh, a new government going forward, and maybe pick up on on, uh, what's happening over at Westminster, because that's starting to take a bit of shape as well. Look forward to it. Cheers.